Hello, welcome back to Exodus chapter 20. God spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol, nor any image of anything that is in the heavens above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them, nor serve them, for I, Yahweh your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and on the fourth generation of those who hate me, and showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of Yahweh your God, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You shall labour six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your God. You shall not do any work in it, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your livestock, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land, which Yahweh your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. You shall not covet your neighbour's house. You shall not covet your neighbour's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbour's. All the people perceived the thunderings, the lightnings, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stayed at a distance. They said to Moses, Speak with us yourself, and we will listen, but don't let God speak with us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, that you won't sin. The people stayed at a distance, and Moses came near to the thick darkness where God was. Yahweh said to Moses, This is what you shall tell the children of Israel. You yourselves have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall most certainly not make gods of silver or gods of gold for yourselves to be alongside me. You shall make an altar of earth for me and shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your cattle. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. If you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it out of cut stones, for if you lift up your tool on it, you have polluted it. You shall not go up by steps to my altar, that your nakedness may not be exposed to it. So this is the famous chapter with the Ten Commandments in it, and you've probably heard of them before. And this is part of what we call the moral law. And from here on, through... Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, there's going to be a lot of laws. <laughs> Someone, I think it's uh, Moses Maimonides, a very famous Jewish guy from the medieval period, he counted more than 600, 613, I think, commands all through these first five books. And this is pretty much where they all start. There's some before this, but there's a lot. And um, 
sometimes Christians, they get confused and think, oh, all these laws, are we supposed to keep these? No, there's different types. So you've got civil laws. You know, when you've got a country, you've got a civil law. Like, for example, if you want to build a new fence, you know, the neighbours should pay half, or at least they should pay half of the, a basic minimal type of offence. And if you want something elaborate, you can pay the difference. So there's, there's civil laws, you know, like that. You're not going to go to hell if, if you can't agree about what type of fence to build. You know, and so there's all these civil laws. We're going to see some of them later. Then there's ceremonial laws, like in, in others, the way that you practice your religion. And these are, this is Old Testament. And then we've got moral laws like the Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not murder. These are, these are things that are right and wrong morally. And so we, we'll, we'll see more laws as they're in to come. But these Ten Commandments, that's the first big lot. And the first four of them are all about God. You know, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And then the last six, they're about people. And um, so, you know, that first God, we, you know, back then they had gods of gold and silver and stone, but now people have people worship other things now. They worship their stock, the stock exchange. <laughs> or they worship the, the supermarket. Or they worship you know, the latest fashion. Or they worship a football team or a football player. Or they worship computer games or you know, um, technology. Or, there's lots of things people worship. They worship the opinions of others about themselves. They worship their, their even their YouTube channel, seeing their subscribers going up. There's lots of things people worship. And uh, we must also have no gods before us. I'm not going to go through all the Ten Commandments. A lot of them are self-explanatory, but there's a few I want to mention. And one of them is where the Lord said, you shall not misuse my name. It's really common to think that if you swear and you cuss and you say something like, for example, oh my God, that you, they, you know, people think that that is misusing God's name. And um, while that's not ideal, it's really hard to imagine, um, you know, elsewhere in the scriptures it says that, that, that the um, unforgivable sin is, you know, to blaspheme God's name. And it's hard to imagine that if God could kill someone or not forgive just misusing his name when there are other sins that seem a lot worse that he's more lenient on. And I think the solution to this is the fact that we just don't understand what misusing God's name is. And I'll give you an example. Perfect example is um, in the Crusades, for example, you've got Christian Crusaders that are going through the Middle East. They're killing people in God's name. So they're misusing God's name. They're using God as their reason to kill people and to, to rape and pillage and plunder. And, and they think that they're doing something for God. Or sometimes you may have a, a, you know, a, a prominent figure who who says something like, God told me to do this, but God didn't tell him to do that, but he's just using God's name as like the power behind what he wants to get achieved. So th these types of things is misusing God's name. And we're going to see some examples later on in the, the law where when people had to take an oath, they would use God's name as kind of like as proof that what they were saying was true. Well, if, if, according to the Ten Commandments, if you did that, but you were using it, you were telling a lie, but using God's name to like demonstrate that you were telling the truth. Well, that's probably an example of the serious. That's this serious type of sin right here. But of course, using God's name very loosely, almost like a swear word, that's not good either. 
and we're going to find what the scripture has to say about that later. There are some other commandments here. There's a command here that says, thou shalt not murder. But if you are a King James reader, it will say for you, thou shalt not kill. There is a difference between killing and murder, and as lovely as the King James Version is, with its fantastic Old English, it's, it's not correct in its translation. And the King James Version um, is a wonderful translation because it's, it's almost the earliest. It's, almost the early, it's not the earliest, but it's almost the earliest English translation we have. But it is 400-year-old English. It's Shakespearean English. And we have moved on. And um, there are, since, since the time of the King James Version, there have been huge discoveries of scrolls. Like, I think the oldest biblical copy of scrolls we had was medieval, but when the King James Version was written. But since then, we've discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. There's been other discoveries. We've now got scrolls, some of them that are older than Jesus. So we've got accuracy. <laughs> We're talking about really good old, and we've got a lot more copies to compare. And so now we, we, we've got much better translated Bibles than the King James. I know some people hold the King James dear to their heart, and it's a great Bible version, and a lot of us love the old language, um, but it does have some occasional little mistakes. And one is, thou shalt not kill. But there's a difference between killing and murder. We know that, for example, because in the chapters that are to follow, in just the next few chapters, it describes a scene where if someone breaks into your house to steal something in the middle of the night and you're defending yourself and you kill them, you're not guilty. So there's an example where the law itself, just after this one, describes a situation where you've, someone's killed someone and they're not guilty. So it's, it's not thou shalt not kill, but it's this planned killing. It's like we decide to murder someone and that's clearly wrong. Another one of the Ten Commandments is the Sabbath. It says the Sabbath is holy unto God. And that's worth mentioning because it's a whole day set apart for God. And that's what holy means. It means it's something belongs to God. As Christians, uh, we have a day that is just like that. We have a day that's set apart for God and it's called the Lord's Day. The day of the Lord. The day that belongs to the Lord. So even the name of the day tells us that it's holy. And so we continue uh, as Christians to keep a Sabbath, even though it's not the, the last day of the week, it's the first day of the week, it's still our practice to keep a Sabbath. And now we get to verse 19, and what I call one of the most fateful verses in the whole Bible. And you know, in the last chapter, the children of Israel were saying to Moses and to God, we will do everything you have said. And now they seemed as though they wanted to know what God was saying, but when we get to verse 19, they say, we do not want to hear your voice. We're too scared. Moses, you go and hear what God has to say and tell us we don't want to hear. And I think that's so sad because I think God's heart is that all of his people would hear his voice. And we know that because in the New Testament, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 that everyone should eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. In other words, everyone should want to be able to hear God's voice. Jesus said to Mary and, and Martha that Mary had chosen what was better. And she was the one sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him, whereas Mary, Martha was so busy doing work. But Jesus said Mary chose the better thing. It's really clear from the New Testament that we're supposed to be a people who want to sit and listen to the Lord. But here we've got this fateful verse where they said, we do not want to listen to your voice. And I, I think it's one of the saddest verses in the whole Bible. And uh, here at Peace... 
we strive to be a listening people and we have, uh, we take a week every year for listening. But a lot of us, me personally, we try to take, uh, I take it, we take a day a week for listening. And we also take time every day just to sit in silence with the Lord. And we've got some great sermons on listening prayer you can hear. And I just think that if the children of Israel right at the start had been a listening people, the whole Bible would have been very different to what it was. But having said that, God knew and he, he had a perfect plan and it's coming to pass through Christ and through his people now. And I think all of that is really, really wonderful. So we'll just close with this thought. Do the Ten Commandments still have a place today? Well, there's definitely a place for them because these Ten Commandments, like do not murder and do not commit adultery, these are things which matter to God. And um, if, if you have a set of laws and you think that to get into heaven you have to perfectly keep them, you, you won't get into heaven. We're not saved by the law. But when Christ enters our heart, he fills our heart with love, we keep the law because we grow to love others and we grow to love God and we want to set aside a day a week to be with him and with his people. And we begin to, we don't want to tell lies and we want to, you know, we don't want to murder people And because the Lord's changed our hearts. So we end up seeing that these things that matter to God, they matter to us as well. So do the Ten Commandments matter today? They do, they do matter because they matter to God and God changes us and they matter to us as well. So Father, I ask that you would help us to be a listening people. We don't want to be like the children of Israel that said to you they did not want to hear your voice. We do want to hear your voice. We want to know what you have to say. We want to be, we want to be a holy nation. Lord, you said that, that the children of Israel were a holy nation. But Lord, you've also said that the church is a holy nation. And Lord, we want to be that people. We want to be a people that cooperate with you and with your plan. So give us grace for that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.